Welcome to the Keeping the Dream Alive podcast brought to you by Torch Technologies. In this podcast, you will learn about all things Torch, from its history to its culture, employee ownership, commitment to the warfighter, our community involvement, and so much more. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, and stay connected with Torch by following us on all your social media platforms. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoy the Keeping the Dream Alive podcast. Welcome back to the Keeping the Dream Alive podcast. Today, I sit down to talk with Mike O'Melia, an employee here at Torch Technologies. First off, thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. Would you like to introduce yourself and we'll get started there? Absolutely. My name is Mike O'Melia. I work for Torch Technologies, as you just heard. I've been with the company about 20 years. Wow. Yeah. And uh, started with them when they got started in the early days. Uh, my career started at Nichols Research. That's where I first met Bill. And, and you've known Bill, I mean, for since you were like in your 20s or so, right? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yes, yes. He's one of the first people I worked with when I came to Nichols. <laughs> Perfect. And while working at Nichols, I found something that I became passionate about. And I found the company that was doing it. And I moved up to Massachusetts to do that work. Wow. And then I brought that knowledge back here to Dynetics. And there I worked for Dynetics for about 10 years. And then uh, one day I heard Bill <laughs> was starting a new company. And I was really excited about that. And I called him and he said, come on in, we'll talk. And that's the beginning of the story. Wow. So are you originally from the Huntsville area or was Nichols kind of your introduction to kind of the Huntsville area because of the job opportunity? Nichols. Yeah, I came out of college looking for a job and Nichols was hiring like crazy back in those <laughs> days. And that's how I got started in Huntsville. Yeah. So I'm I not guess... from Huntsville. I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. Gotcha. So I guess we, your first introduction, when you first met Bill, did you kind of have that inclination at the time or did you even think about it that potentially he could have his own company one day? Oh, like, absolutely not. Absolutely no, not. No, no, no. <laughs> well, he was very ambitious. I'll give you that. Okay. There was no question about it. And so was I. We were ambitious in different ways. But we were fast friends and we have stayed friends that entire time. We'd stayed in touch off and on that entire time I was gone. And then when we got back to Huntsville. Okay. So I guess like when you came back to Huntsville, you were with Dynetics right before Torch started. Did you kind of hear through the grapevine prior to that uh, October 2002 when they launched that he was doing something or so, what did you first find yeah, out? Yeah. So I basically, now you asked me, did I think back then that Bill would own a company like yeah. Torch? Now, what I did realize was after I'd been working at Dynetics, that that was definitely going to happen. I could tell <laughs> he was up to something Yeah. and he had been doing the right kind of thing in the right kind of areas. And so I felt like, yeah, that would happen one day. Okay. And so, yeah, I'd heard through the grapevines. I was hearing it. Yes, we knew something was going on. And when I finally got the word about it, I don't think I waited five minutes to give them a call. Really? Yeah. And so like you jumped on and you joined here in 2004. They've been around for a couple of years, started in 2002. So I guess shortly when you started, I mean, the company was very, very small in size. Yes, yes. We used to have meetings in the room. Our all hands meeting were in a room this size. Wow. And yes. so all the employees could gather in a room this size. I mean, this conference room, you can see it on video now that we're doing it, but it's not very big. And so at the time you were able to get the entire Torch Technologies company yes. in one room and it was this big. Yes. Wow. It's like 10 by 10. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy to think now, you know, at a, you know 1,100 plus employees, you couldn't even get in this whole building we're doing it in, this yes. whole area for freedom right now where we're recording. You couldn't get all the employees together for that. Uh, absolutely not. And so you begin working here at Torch. What sort of drew you in besides the fact that you knew Bill to kind of join this new company, Torch Technologies? Well, I will tell you a little story about that because we did have a talk over at the old facilities off of Drake Avenue. 
And before that talk, I actually went over to his house and I asked him some questions. <laughs> you know, he remembers this too. And I told him what my goals are. And okay. I said, do you have goals in the similar thing? Wait. And he was very, very smart in how he said this. He says, I will promise you this. I want what you want. Wow. And that was the first time I've ever had an experience with a potential employer say something like that to me. Yeah. And it made all the difference in the world. Wow. That is, I mean, at the early years, it's, it's a startup. It's not something that's well-established. You know, no. th there is that chance of failure. Like you just don't know, like you could try to go after a contract and not get it. And basically the company is no longer. Oh yeah. There was always risk in the beginning. Absolutely. And as the company starts to grow, how did you see this culture that is now what torches today kind of begin to kind of blossom in those early years? Oh, I loved it. I remember back in the early days, we, everybody thought we were never going to have management <laughs> <laughs> and Bill was going to just be the manager. Well, that was silly. I mean, that was never going to happen, but it was a cool culture at that time. We had a fairly flat organization during that time, but you could at that time do that. You can't do that today, but you could see the culture developing. There was an expectation that we were going to have a certain kind of lifestyle within the company. And it was unclear, but it began to show itself, you know, 2007, 2008, Bill really started focusing in on culture and what he wanted this company to be. And I would say a large percentage of us totally agree with that concept. Yeah. And we're very happy with it. We're really proud of that term, employee owner. I personally look out for where anybody's not using it. I'm, <laughs> if I see somebody saying the employees, I'll make a note of it and I'll say, look, we need to talk about that. Yeah. I think the language is huge. When you've grown this culture that has torched over the last 21 plus years now, going into, I guess, 22 years, you have to make sure that this culture and the way you express it in language is unanimous across everywhere because that employee culture, that employee ownership is a huge, I mean, it's a huge part. It is what torch is. If we ever forget that we are employee owners, we're going to be making a big mistake. And that's why we have to enforce that concept all the time. Yeah. I think sometimes the younger people are kind of not paying attention to that term. I mean, I believe they know it, but maybe don't understand it. Yeah. Maybe I didn't really fully understand it in the beginning. For sure. It was a fairly new concept in general for people to be right. in an employee-owned company, an ESOP. I mean, you had a little bit of that ESOP knowledge from Dynetics prior. So you kind of saw right. a little bit about kind of how that structure would look. But obviously, you know, every ESOP's a little differently in how they structure it. And the way Torch does it is not necessarily the same as the way Dynetics does it. I knew it was an ESOP and I knew what it meant. And, and I also knew it was a new ESOP and I knew that was a good thing. And so, yes, I understood it. And I want the younger people at Torch to understand what an ESOP is. It doesn't matter when you come into the ESOP. What matters is how long you stay with the ESOP. Yeah, for sure. Because things do not happen overnight. I've been with Torch now almost 20 years and I'm very proud of that. And it's very exciting. Bill talks about he wants his people to be able to retire early retire when they want to and retire comfortably. And I can assure you, if you have a long-term thinking, things like that can happen for you as well. Yeah. This whole, I mean, really the podcast itself is geared to kind of attract that younger audience to kind of inform them about Absolutely. what's going on because they need to know about when they come into this out of college, hey, it's a overnight success that took years in the making. Absolutely. It's not something that just happened overnight. It's not something that, oh, you just woke up and torch is just being successful and you're like, I could retire. You've seen it. You've worked through it in the same way a younger employee that comes in today in their 20s could be here for 20 years and really see, okay, like here's the forecast. I never thought I'd be able to do this at 55, but I can now.
because they've bought into this culture. If, if there was one piece of sort of advice or a mantra or something that you'd give to that younger generation listening to this podcast about the ESOP, about the culture, about Torch, what would you kind of tell them or like just remind them about? Well, first, I'd like to remind them that the culture is a real thing and the management at the top of Torch is absolutely committed to maintaining that culture. It's very, very important. The second thing I would say, if you're working for Torch, you need to stick around for about 15 years, maybe 12 to 15 years to start to understand what an ESOP really can do for you. Mm -hmm. That is very important. You leave early, you're never going to know. Yeah. Chasing short-term gains will never outpace long-term gains. Yeah. And I think it's that work-life balance too, that I think, you know, being a Torch employee, you've been able to obviously see over the years kind of how that's, you you know, you don't feel as though your job is a hinder, is you're not hindered to go to your work because it's stressful or, or because you're like, oh, I have to go to work today. You almost enjoy it because it's that balance that's been created with the culture that Torch is. I raise my kids under Torch. My kids were two and four years old when I started with Torch. So they've been grown up knowing only Torch. They don't even know any other company that I worked for. Wow. And the freedom and the flexibility that I had during those years when everybody feels that pressure when you're raising children, it was awesome working (laughs) for Torch during that time. Yeah, absolutely. I never felt like I couldn't go to a game. I never felt like I couldn't be at a school function during the day. Wow. Nobody was ever saying, you know, no, you got to do this. You work here. No, (laughs) I had the flexibility. I mean, there's always going to be constraints. For sure. It's all just like just perfectly all the time. Like There's moments, you know, where things have to get done at a certain time and you're expected to do that. But overall, you look back at your 20 years here, you're like, there was a lot of opportunities you were able to do and things you were able to accomplish and be a part of because you were here at Torch as an employee. As much as I believe that in the term balance, I don't think there really is such a term. I think there's managed balance. I think sometimes you're going to be spending a little more time at work and then sometimes you're going to have the flexibility to do the things you need to do. And overall, it looks like it's a very well-managed system. (laughs) Yes. uh, I mean, obviously the culture that's now in 2020, we're recording this episode, the end of 2023, the culture that's created now is something that you've seen obviously develop. How has that culture still very similar to what it was when you first came and how has it maybe changed a little bit over the years as you you go from a 10, 15 person company to an 1100 plus person company? In the beginning, it was very footloose and fancy free. And I think that was great. I think Bill was able to distill down out of all of that stuff that was going on in the beginning and come up with the best. Yeah. Absolutely the best of what we needed to do to maintain our culture. The idea of keeping everybody informed, the idea of educating the workforce, the idea of maintaining the concept of ownership. Those things Bill has and his team have done very, very well. In terms of how it was then and how it is now, I would say that, yeah, it's changed. But if anything, it's just gotten better. Wow. That's a testament to the structure that has been put And when in there's place. a challenge, yeah. when there's a challenge to the culture, and I'm not going to go into any details, but we went through this recently. There was a challenge to the culture. There was an all-out effort, especially by a lot of the older folks, to say, hey, no, no, we need to maintain this. This is how we did it. Wow. And Bill and the crew went back to work and said, yeah, we're going to do it this way. We're going to keep it this way. This is our culture. Yeah. So you're going to have your culture protected. 
and that's a huge testament just to the success that Torch has been able to have yeah. this, for as long as it's been able to have it. It's like you, the culture is it makes or breaks a, a company. It makes or breaks a organization. And when you kind of safeguard that culture, so right. if things come at you, you kind of have to remember at the end of the day, here's what we've created. Here's the culture we've created. And here's how we approach this situation or this obstacle. Another huge part of the company that I think is is unique, and I would love to get your perspective on it, especially as something that you've been able to see kind of grow and come into what it is today, is the Torch Helps. Giving back to the local community is a huge uh, part of Torch. It's a huge part of the company. It's a huge part of the culture. How has it been being a part of that for so long, for the last 20 years and seeing it, you know, Torch helps actually become a thing. And then now it's the success it's having and then its ability to give back to local community, not only in Huntsville, but at some of its other offices across the country. Well, I remember when Bill came up with that. Actually, I would say he didn't probably come up with it. He tasked, I think, somebody to come up with that. And he loved that idea. And when I, we went to the first meeting to see how it was going to work, I said, that's just a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, sign me up. (laughs) We'll sign off on that. And then we'll, we used to do it all by email. Everything would be volunteered. You know, who do you want to win this prize this week and all that kind of stuff. And it was absolutely awesome. And today it's very well structured. And my gosh, I have no idea now. It's hundreds of organizations that have received hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's an amazing system. Yeah, it it was really cool. We had three of the past or the current board chair over in the the past two on the podcast, and we were able to talk to them about it. And it was just unique just to see how much they love it just because it is that, you know, the employees at Torch really do want to give back and having this vessel, which Torch helps is to be that vessel to help them give back is a huge thing. Bill typically kind of ends our episodes with challenging the employees of Torch that it is up to them to keep our dream alive. What does that statement mean to you? And is it different than maybe what it would have meant to you when you first started? Oh, absolutely. Get involved. Get involved and stay my example. My example of never let that term employee owner disappear. If you're walking around and, and you see a sign that says <laughs> employees only, say, hey, no, that needs to say employee owners only. There you go. Do not let that term ever fade away. It all comes back to the notion of employee ownership. To me, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Because you do own a part of this company. Yeah. And it's a company and the structure behind it. And we can say we recently had Freedom Real Estate on too and talked a little bit about just what that looks like too as an employee owner of Torch. I mean, there's so many elements to it. I think you challenge the younger employees that are listening that if you have a question about what it is to be an employee owner, you know, maybe you've just started reaching out to some of the people that work at Torch that maybe have been there for a little bit longer and ask them questions. I think that's the education aspect of it is huge. My challenge to the young people working for Torch is to stick it out for 15 years. And then you tell me that I was wrong. <laughs> well, thank you so much for spending the last few minutes talking to me a little bit about your experiences working here at Torch and really just highlighting that value of employee owner. It's what needs to be addressed and it's the whole reasoning behind everything. Absolutely. But I thank you so much. If you're listening to this and you want to find out more information about Torch Technologies, you can visit our website. All the information is there for job openings and all that good stuff. So thank you again for sitting down and talking with me. And I look forward to just your growth here at Torch and see what the next few years look like for you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Keeping the Dream Alive podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen and stay connected with us on social media for news and updates surrounding the company. Thank you so much for listening and we hope you enjoyed it. 